we are coming to a close in our series entitled Seasons. And we have been in this particular series now for several weeks. Uh, we kicked off the series talking about the importance of seasons and understanding that change will come. God has made and equipped us and developed us for change. So we need not to be shocked when change happens in our life. It's a part of the process by which God takes us through in order to bring us into the place where he's called us. And we talked in recent weeks about enduring seasons of lack and waiting. And we talked about the benefit of all of those, but primarily that these are seasons that God not only uses to refine our character, but, but these are, 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 are seasons where God really began to help us to learn what it really means to trust in him. God will spend a lifetime weaning you off of trusting yourself and beginning to learn to trust in him. That ultimately is what God is after for us all. So today's message, I want to talk about harvest time. Everybody say harvest time. Oh, no, no, I can't preach like that. Are you ready? Y'all going to we're going to do this again? Okay. Everybody say harvest time. Harvest time. All right, that's, that's better. Don't forget who blessed you. Harvest time. Don't forget who blessed you. There's a very familiar uh, scripture in the Bible. I believe it's John chapter 15 where Jesus says that it is God's will that we bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. Now, primarily, Jesus was speaking there about bearing fruit, reproducing uh, as believers and Christians. But I also believe that it's it applies to us being fruitful in our emotions, in our spiritual health. And God, I believe, want us to be blessed in our finances and our resources. How I many know that God is a supplier of everything that we have and that we enjoy? So God doesn't mind us, as we said so many times, God doesn't mind us having money and things. So we're talking about a season of prosperity. That's what we're talking about today. So God doesn't have a problem with us having things. God just don't want the things to have us. And that's really the big challenge for all of us because many of us, because of human nature, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable to allowing money to control us. And there are some people that, uh, that are slave to resources and things. In fact, they live their whole life, it seems, as trying to get the next big thing. And now, again, God doesn't, God doesn't have a problem with blessing us with nice things. I really believe, and I come from the line of thinking, that, that God wants us to be blessed. That God wants us to have nice things. But God wants us to be free of the control of anything but him. How many know that God wants nothing controlling us but him? And that's the key. And that's where a lot of people get it mixed up, where they begin to pursue things at the expense of their relationship and the call of God that is on our lives. And so oftentimes, and I've been, been a pastor for many years, and I've seen so many things. I've seen people come to me and they would, I've seen uh, people with different needs and different things and they would come and they would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm really struggling here. I, I, I can't get a job. You know, things are really hard. You know, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. And, 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 I, and I've seen them, man, just praying. And I, I've seen them, you know, just kind of come into the house of God and they're leaning really hard. 
But then all of a sudden, God begins to bless them with stuff. God meets their need, give them a job and give them stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you don't see them, you don't see them anymore in church. They, they, they're a little bit too much. They're too busy because now all the stuff they bought, they got to entertain now. So so and, and Sunday happens to get in the way. And this is the thing that God is pushing against. He, he don't want us to. He, he's trying to bring us out of that way of thinking because and, and, and one of the ways that we know that this is manifest is because, uh, you know, when we finally do get the blessing, uh, you know, uh, we don't give God the glory like he should. I said like he should. Everybody would say, God, yeah, God did it. Everybody said, because it's a theological, theologically, that's a really nice, neat thing to say, right? God bless me. Yeah. But in a very practical way, is it manifest through the course of your life? When, 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 you know, do, do you really let that shout out of your life that it is really God? And oftentimes, the same people, they don't, they don't give appropriately to God's work. How many know that kingdom business and winning souls in God's church is very important to him? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. People tend sometimes, here's the thing that would happen, people tend to get blessed and they get material things and all of a sudden they tend to forget God. And there's some warnings here, we're talking about it here. And there's a, and there's a reason why God takes us through all these, these different seasons of waiting and seasons of lacks and seasons of trusting because God knows that if he gave it to us too quick, we wouldn't know how to handle it. You know, I was, I was, I was the other day I was in my neighborhood and, and, uh, and we got some, some folks that are, I guess, relatively affluent. And so uh, there was this you know, teenager, and I would say he had to be no more than maybe 17 years of age. And, and you know, in my neighborhood, you can only, you're only supposed to go 25 miles an hour. And they, and they really will, if you ever come in a choir harbor, you better obey the speed limit because they will ticket you. They have no problem doing that. And this guy just comes, I mean, this young kid, and you always know when it's a kid because they got some real hot, how I many know Corvettes are pretty fast? I mean, nice, brand new, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm running, he's shooting right by me. And, you know, and the, and the funny thing about it, and the first thing I thought about was that a couple years ago, we had somebody speeding in the neighborhood, nice, speedy car, young person, and they ran into a tree and they were killed because they're not ready for that. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You're not ready. You haven't matured. You're not, you're not ready to, to, to inherit it. So in my mind, in your mind, you're telling God, you think, I'm ready. God, give me this now. God says, no, because I know you better than you know you. So, so because I'm God and I know you better than I know you, I'm going to make you wait this out a while. I'm going to have you wait. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going I'm to let you go through a season of lack so that you might learn how to appreciate it, the blessing, when you get it. How many know God don't want us? Listen, God loves you. And, 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 God, and, and God is a good guy. Everybody say he's a good God. Come on, say he's a good God. God is not going to give us anything that is not going to be good for us. Aren't you glad about that? Parents, if you're good parents, you do the same thing for your kids. You don't just unload and give your kids what they want. Because you know as a good parent, you know, I can't give you that right now. You don't even know how to, you're not ready for that yet. Man, if, if I, you got this, you will cause problems. You, you will get hurt. You would get somebody else hurt. So God wants to bring us into a season, watch this, of, 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 of listen, of, of sustained blessing, right? But he, want us, he, he don't just want us to get there and mess it up. 
God want to bring us into our place of destination where we can sit there and we can dwell and we can enjoy it the way that God wants us to enjoy it. How many know that's a good God? So what he has to do is he has to begin to change our mentality in terms of how we look at life, watch this, and in terms of how we look at material possessions. Because all of the world seek after, Matthew chapter 6, material possessions. This is what the world lives for. This is what they're all about. They define, people define their quality of life. They define their status in life based upon what they have. Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he or she has. So what God does is God says, no, you're not like that. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change you. You're going to get the stuff, but the stuff's not going to have you. But before I give you the stuff, you need to sit and wait for a little while. You need to go through some times where you got to know what it feels like to get on your knees and cry out to God. I'm going to take you through some periods of time where you're going to have to sit there and, and you're going to have to wait. Yes, God, how many know God can move quickly in an instant, give you everything you want, whenever you want it, when you want it? He could. Am I right about it? But he says, nah. It's not because he don't want to bless us. Now, let me, let me start by saying this. God wants to bless us. Now, I want you to personalize it. I want you to say this with me. God wants to bless me. I want you to point to yourself. Y'all ready? God wants to bless me. Say that again. God wants to bless me. As I said before, God ain't tripping because you got a nice, beautiful home. I praise God. Invite me over. <laughs> I went over to one other day. If, you got an, if God bless you with a nice car, let me drive that bad boy. I'm okay. God's all, God don't have a problem with that. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's about where your affections lie. So watch. So let me give you a couple of verses just to kind of drive this point home. How that God does, God does really want to bless his people. And we'll talk about it here in Deuteronomy because it gives us a wonderful example. Uh, a couple of verses, and this is, uh, you can just write these down. I didn't provide them uh, to the media department because I just wanted you to write these down and just remember them. It says in 3 John, verses, uh, chapter 1 and 2, he said, John says, I wish you will prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. All right? So how many know prosperity is not just about materialism but how many know the real prosperity is when you got peace down on your soul in your soul how many know real prosperity when you have peace with yourself when there's joy down on the inside when you're satisfied when you're content how many know that there's a lot of people that got a lot of stuff who ain't happy the woman just won 700 million dollars did y'all hear about that and I guarantee you she will discover real quick the money, it will bring her some joy, but it will be temporary at best. So he says here, God, and this is, so we know God wants to bless us. It's just the way and how he wants to do it. He says, I wish above all that you'll prosper. Be in good health as your soul prosper. So we know God wants us to prosper. He don't have a problem with us having stuff. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, that you might have an abundance for every good work. How many of you believe that God wants his church to have an abundance for every good work? 
I don't know, but I believe it. I believe that God want our church, the church, to have an abundance that, that any time that there's a bona fide and legitimate need, whether it's in a community, whether it's uh, with a believer, a family situation, or whether there's some opportunity, some catastrophic event that just happened, how many know that God wants us equipped so that we are ready for every good work? And how many know that it takes money to do good works? Listen, listen, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? It takes resources. It takes resources to do the kind of things that, that we want to do because how many know if somebody hungry, somebody got to get the food from someplace? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It, it got to come from someplace. And so the Bible, he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 8, says that you might have an abundance for every good work. God wants us to have an abundance for everything. So we can say, that's the will of God. Don't want me to just have an abundance for myself. See, be careful. See, you're thinking God give you the abundance for me. Every time I hear people that are infatuated with how God blessed them, I always get a little bit concerned because they never say it in the context of how now God has made me a blessing to somebody else. God never blesses you for yourself. Y'all didn't listen to me. You participate in it, but there's a broader perspective in what God is doing. It's not just about you. Abraham, not only will I bless you, but he told Abraham what? I will make you a blessing. That's blessing. When you're able to have enough, not only for yourself, but man, I can help out somebody else. That's blessing. Jesus said in Luke 6.38, give, it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. God will cause men to give into your bosom. Now, here's what Jesus is saying. Now, now again, I'm, I'm just laying the foundation here that, that God wants us to be blessed. God don't have a problem giving us stuff. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to prosper. Jesus says, give, it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together. In other words, God wants his church to be givers. How many know every Christian ought to be a giver? Let me, let me, let me, let me backpedal. Every Christian ought to be a happy giver. Every time that Walter or myself or my wife or anybody come up here and encourage you in your giving, that is not a time to put on your black hat and to put on to break out your handkerchiefs and start weeping. Come on, church. That is a time to celebrate. Why? Because this is who you are. You, God made you to be a giver. Jesus was a giver. He gave. And the church ought to lead the way when it comes to giving. We ought not have a problem giving money, giving resources. Why? Because we'll talk about that here in a moment. Because, because it's given to the things that will have eternal value. I say this all the time when it comes to giving things. and Because, uh, folks, how many of you invest in the stock, stock market? You, you got some kind of investments. You, 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 and if you're a wise investor... You don't just put your money anywhere, right? I got a couple of things. In, I don't, I'm always thinking, I, you know, I'm looking like, where is this going? Because I don't just invest my money anyplace. I want to I get a good return on my money. Is anybody, anybody with me? How many know you can't get a better return than investing it into the kingdom of God? The best return, I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand why Christians get upset about giving God 10% when you already said yourself that he gave everything to you. But yet, when somebody say give 10%, we try to figure ways to find the scripture that, that, that we can justify not giving it to God. We want to argue about it. 
And I'm trying to think, like, what does God think about it? I mean, it's not whether you believe it or not. It's just the, the whole principle of the thing. Why are you upset about that? I mean, 10% from the God that owns it all and investing it in something that you know you're going to get a lasting return on it? Because let's be honest, sometimes we're putting our money in places we ain't getting, listen, it ain't going, no, it won't follow us in the heaven. He says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, that he wants to be like a tree planted by the river of waters, bringing forth its fruit in its season. There it is again. God wants us to bring forth fruit in our season. In Matthew 7, 11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, look at this church, how much more your heavenly father will give to you? How many know God wants to bless his people? But there are some keen warnings. There are some warnings about money, not so much because money is inherently evil, but because the heart of man is inherently evil and we use it for wrong purposes. Are y'all, y'all with me? Money is not inherently evil. It's, it's the, the people that are. And so, and so just to give you a couple examples, and um, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to elaborate on these too long because I want to get to the main text here, but just a few verses here. Some warnings about money and prosperity and wealth. Now, I want you to think about this in the context of seasons and why it is that God have us to delay sometimes. Why it is that God have us wait? Why it is that God don't just catapult us and just bring us to our place of destination? First Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 8 and 10, look at this. He says, now watch. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you are just content? Now, you don't, really, don't even say nothing. I just want you to ponder the question in your heart. Now, be honest with yourself and before God. How many of you are, are content with just food and clothing? That's it. Just, I got food, I got clothing. Some of us be like, man, I need more than that. <laughs> no, oh, oh, no, I ain't content. Oh, no. See, that's the problem. Herein lies the things that God has to begin to do to work in us. In the, in the, because you're sitting there thinking to myself, just food and clothing. No, I don't want just food and clothing. No, I want bigger, better, everything. I'm not just content. Now, it's not a problem getting your stuff, but here's the problem. Are you content in the season? That, how many know that whatever season you find yourself, God wants you to be content? If you're in the season of waiting, if you're in the season of life, it doesn't matter what season, because we already know that the seasons are for our benefit because God is pushing us toward a destination. Don't watch this, church. So, so I understand that, that, that whatever season I find myself, I need to learn how to be content because God is, is controlling the, the outworkings and the, the flow of my life. So watch. He says, now watch this. He said, and, and, and watch this, but those, watch this, but those who desire to be rich. Now watch how the context in which he's saying this. He's talking about those who live their lives just seeking money. You ever meet people like that? It's, they're, they're, their whole life is about money, money, more money. More, y'all remember that? That, that? More money, more money, more money. I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. Some of you don't remember that. Those are... Those, but, but there are some people that are infatuated with money and, and they, will never be, they will never be content because they just want to get more. They live to get rich. I just want more, more. And how many know you'll never be satisfied living that way? Because how many know enough is never enough? 
more, more, more. He says, but those who desire to be rich for the sake of just being rich, they're not kingdom-minded. They're not thinking about the things of God. How many know that it's okay to want things, watch this, it's okay to want things primarily so that you can advance God's agenda in the earth? See? That's the difference. Do you ever think about that? So watch. He says, those who desire to be rich, that's what they live for, watch this, fall into temptation, a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. He's saying here, look at the, look at the examples before you. Look at how many people's lives have been destroyed over money. The love of money, which is the root of all evil. And he says in verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is what God is protecting us from. This gives us some context, which some have strayed, watch this, some have strayed away from the faith in their greediness. In other words, preachers ain't preaching the gospel no more. They're printed preachers that's preaching money. I'm just saying. Not all of them. There are some that all they talk about, all they talk about is money because these who do that, they're just greedy. They just want more and more. It's all about money. Not in all cases, so don't want anybody to misunderstand me because we need money in order to do some things that God wants us to do. So we're not, we're not, uh, we're not, um, we're not, we're not, we're not slamming money. We're just slamming the greed of it and the lust for it. That's what we're talking about. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some are strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierce themselves with many sorrows. So you got to be careful with this thing when it comes to money. And it says in Mark 4, 18 through 19, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Look at this, hear the word. How many know that you can be sitting right here today and you hear me talking, but you're not listening? There's some people in this room because I'm looking all around the room. If it ain't you, don't worry about it. There's some people in this room right now, you hear my voice, but you're not listening. Therefore, you will bring forth no fruit. Why aren't you listening? He says it here. Because the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, because riches, money, gives you a false sense of security. You, 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 think, this, you think that that will solve all your problems. That's all you need. That's the deceitfulness of riches. He said, and the desire for other things, enter in, watch this, choke the word, and you become unfruitful. Why? Because, man, you care more about the things of this world and possessions more than you care about the things of God. The things that are really most significant and most important. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, command those Watch this. Who are rich in this present age? He said, Paul was was talking to uh, 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 Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, here's what I want you to do. Paul was Timothy's mentor. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to command those who are loaded, those who have money, those who are in a season of a blessing, those who are in their harvest time. Right. So I'm not really sure where you are. But, but he says, command those who are rich in this life not to be haughty, right? Not, watch this, nor to trust in uncertain riches. 
but in the living God. There it is. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So here's the key. He said, don't trust in that. As long as, long as you're trusting in me and you're living for me and you want to use this for my glory, you're fine. That's what he's trying to say. And so what God has to do is all he's doing is he's saying, here's the thing. I'm going to bring you into a season of harvest. Now, let's 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 fast forward to Deuteronomy chapter eight, the verse we just read here. So there's some things, some things that we're going to learn. So this is an amazing passage because we understand that the children of Israel have went through seasons of challenge, seasons of scarcity, seasons of difficulty, seasons of frustration, Seasons of challenge, man, when they were just rebelling against God. Seasons of personal failures. They had gone through all of that stuff. I mean, fighting with God and arguing with God, not wanting to obey God. And, and, and God just consistently, I mean, they were just constantly in opposition against the will of God. So now in the book of Deuteronomy here, uh, God, 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 God is, uh, through Moses, is warning them. He's saying to them, okay, now you've been through all of that stuff. Now he's given the context. So you went through all these, these struggles, all these seasons of hardship. Now you've gone through all of that because God's whole intent was to bring you to this place that he's about to give you. Has anybody listened to what I'm saying this morning? So, God said, so, so Moses said, now here's what's going to happen. You are about now to go into the place that God had already set for you long time ago. Now you're about to get there. Now, before you enter into your season of harvest, into your season of plenty, because how many know that we need to learn how to handle prosperity? Y'all hear me? Because not everybody knows how to handle prosperity. Not everybody knows how to do that. So he said, no. So, so Moses said, okay, now there are some things that you're going to need to learn some nuggets, some, some truths, so that when you get there, you won't make stupid mistakes. In other words, God, the whole time, God was blessing you. Now, y'all hear me. The whole time when you were crying and you were struggling, you didn't know what was going on, you thought God was absent, the whole time it was a setup. Look at your neighbor and say it was a setup. That's how God was setting you up the whole time. Now, some of you, you think about it, how's your, how's your attitude been? Mm. Look at them faces. Man, the terrible thing, man, that God been doing all this work and your attitude sucking in when God finally do bless you, then you feel bad because you acted so crazy. Correct it now while you have time. Get the right attitude. Get the right heart. Get the right spirit. So all of that, God said, okay, here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm working, I'm working. God's whole point was, it, it says in verse 7, it says that for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now, how many believe God is taking you someplace good? Amen. I only got one amen. Come on. How many of you believe God is taking you somewhere good? Amen. The Bible says that all things work together for what? Good. God is never going to lead me someplace that's going to be bad for me. God is always going to take care. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? And all the challenges that Israel was confronted with, all the while, God was thinking, I'm taking them to the land of plenty. I'm bringing them to their harvest. Oh, they don't know it yet. But, 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 but for all the struggles and all the pain and all the heartache and for all of that, it, it's going to be nothing when you finally arrive. 
when you arrive and you see what God had planned, that's why the Bible says it is not, man has not been able to imagine, man has not seen, you can't even fathom what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, how many know God got some good things for us here and now? Here and in the future. We know the future is bright either way you look at it. This is what God was doing the whole while. So God was bringing him into a good land. And, and, and watch this. And, and it says in Deuteronomy 8, 16, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. I, 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 you know, a lot of times we say God is a good God. God really is a good God. I mean, you really think about it. God could, man, I mean, how many of you feel like, man, God could have God really wiped me off the map a long time ago? I mean, he's a good God. I mean, he is merciful and patient with me because there's something, I ain't that patient. I got these issues, but, but God is a good, he has been really, really good to me. I mean, I mean, there's sometimes I'm like, God, even, even my, anybody ever had a me moment when you just kind of like, God, why you even put up with me? I mean, it's like, man, how do I put up with myself? And he ever got tired of just doing the same stupid thing, going right back to God. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, what do you keep doing, boy? But God loves, God loves you unconditionally, and he accepts you back anyway. He knows you're a mess. He knows you're jacked up, and he still loves you and still have a plan for your life. Oh, that's a good God. I, uh, I cannot comprehend that kind of grace. He said, God, now, he said in verse nine, that he was in verse number nine, he said he was bringing him into a place of he was bringing them, uh, uh, them into a season without scarcity. Because they, you remember, children of Israel had to go through a period of time where they had to struggle for everything they got. Remember, they got mad and said, man, I don't want this to get rid of this manner. Man, we want some meat. Y'all remember that? They fussing at God. They're sick and tired of manna. We want meat. You can see them all like in the all cheering. We want meat. We want they're doing the wave. We want meat. We you can see it, right? <laughs> we want meat. We're sick and tired of this manna. All that. They, so they had this. So manna was just that what was given to them to sustain them until they got to the place God was taking them. That, that manna was their provision for that time. So so they had to struggle for everything they had. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there, right? Man, you have to struggle, but you don't know how you're going to make it. You, know, you got to see them with dealing with these kids, dealing with relational problems. You're struggling. You don't know how you're going to make it. Hang on. Because God is bringing you someplace. Stay the course. And listen, rejoice and give God praise in your season. Yeah, you had to struggle, but he said, I'm, he said Israel, he said, Israel, here's what I'm about to do to you. I'm about to bring you into a place where you're going to have an, not just enough, but you're going to have more than enough. Is there any faith in the room today that believe in God for more than enough? I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I don't know, brother. I don't know if I got some people in here believing. I mean, I mean, I mean, I believe that God want to bring us to a place, boy, that we have more than enough. That's what he was saying to Israel. He said, I'm going to bring you to a place flowing with milk and honey. Boy, I'm going to bring you. You don't even have to work the ground, boy. You just drop a seed. And you don't even have to till the ground. The stuff won't just sprout up because it's so fertile because I'm blessing you. That's what he was saying to Israel. He was letting Israel, I'm bringing you into that season. How many know that, that, that God will allow seasons of abundance? And maybe, I don't know what season you're at, but maybe you're, about, maybe you're on the edge. You're about ready to go there. This is, this is a good time for you to get this message because God's going to help you so you know how to thrive in your season of abundance. And he says in verse number 10, he talked about how they will eat and be full. Not when, 
Not, 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 not an if, but, but when. He says, when you have eaten and you're full. Watch this, church. To double the time, yeah, y'all be talking about the pork and beans and hot dogs, and some of y'all laugh because some of y'all don't even know what that means. I mean, I ate pork and beans and hot dog for weeks on end. I mean, I'm telling, I'm telling you, and there was a lot of funny noises in my, in my house when we were kids. Y'all know what I mean. I ate pork and beans and hot dogs for a long, for days on end. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? But he's, here, here he's saying, he's now, but here's what he said, no, but I'm taking it someplace different now. I'm bringing it to a place where now before you couldn't, you couldn't go to Ruth, Chris. You, you, you couldn't go to, come on, what's your, to the outback. What's your favorite? Come on, help me out. You, 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 he, he said, now I'm going to take you to the place. Now you're going to be able to enjoy some steak. I'm going to bring you to a seed. You're going to be able to draw some of the finer things that you couldn't have before because now you stay faithful. You worked. You believe me. You stayed the course. You didn't curse me. And now I'm bringing you, I'm bringing you into this place where you're going to be full. But then he says, watch this. I like this part. He says, you should bless the Lord your God for the good which he's given to you. How many know that everybody, listen to me, church, everybody needs to know who blessed you. Don't just come to church and tell church folk. Most of the time, church folk know you're blessed. But how many know we need to be a witness to the folk out there? They, listen, when you get a promotion, you need to say, God did it. God, you need to let everybody know, look what God did for me. When God gives you a promotion, when he gives you more money, you need to declare, look, look, look what the Lord done, done for me. And you need to make it known that God did it. Everybody say, God did it. He said, you shall bless your God. That's what he's telling them. So in your season of prosperity, bless God. Make sure you talk about, don't get, no, listen, don't let the enemy intimidate you. Well, I don't want to talk about God because they won't accept it. Uh, uh, they're going to they isolate me or they're going to talk about me. They talk, listen, can I give you an alert? They talk about you anyway. Give them something to talk about. Come on, church. Talk about the goodness of the Lord. When God bless you, listen, in your season of prosperity, don't you, you make sure that, that that's a, one good way to get the devil off your back. You just start talking about the goodness of the Lord. And I don't care what season you're in, if, you, if your eyes are open and you're seeing right, God's goodness is all around you. Every single day, God's, that's why you ought to rejoice every day of your life. How many know, because in Jesus, every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. And if you don't see that, you're being robbed of your inheritance. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, be happy because I've overcome. And that we sung today. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Boy, I mean, that's a beautiful song, isn't it? I mean, so theologically accurate. We have won the victory. So, so no matter what season, we're going to bless God anyhow. We're going to bless him. But he says something here in verse number 11. He says, now, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Now, how do we forget the Lord your God? He's, he's going to tell us. He says, first of all, warning. Because here's the problem. There are a lot of people, I'm telling you, I'm just, y'all don't want me to tell the truth. I'm telling you, I've been walking with God for 26 years, going on 27 years. I've seen a lot. I've seen people get blessing, man, and they forget God. I've seen it. And some of you who have been in this church for a little while, who have been walking with me for a while, you've seen it too. He said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. But what? But watch. He said, how do you forget God? 
by not keeping his commandments. How many know that God equates not obeying him to forgetting him? Is that what he said here? But rather, you don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you to this day. In other words, obey the word of the Lord. For an example, God's word says to give. How many know we should give? How many know we should give? But some of you, but some of you still, you still, you still stuck. Lord, free him up in Jesus' name. Free him up. How many know being stingy was short? I believe that being stingy was short circuit your season of prosperity. I really do believe that. I believe, I, I believe that all my heart. It's something about giving, man, that keeps you free. <laughs> I'm telling you, something about giving on a regular basis, it'll keep you free. It'll protect you against yourself because yourself is messed up. So giving to God on a regular basis, giving to his work primarily will, will help keep you free. Hebrews, another commandment, like we talked about here a second ago, the commandments to, there's a commandment, the Bible says that in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not to forsaken or sin of ourselves together, which is the men or some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the evil day approaching. How many know, watch this church, y'all, y'all, y'all still listen, say amen. Come on, look at look at, look up, amen. How many know, watch this, the more God bless you, the more we should see you. You follow me? It shouldn't be the opposite. The more God bless you, the more we should see your face in the place. God is not blessing you, watch this, so that you can walk away from him and his people. How many know God loves his people? He died for his people. And he called, he said, you're to come together, you're to fellowship. That's a commandment. He said, if you don't do that, you're forgetting me. Fellowship with me, on, fellowship on a regular basis. Well, you know, and listen, I, I understand sometimes there are some folk that got to work on Sunday. I get it. But, you know, not everybody always have to work on Sundays. Some folk choose to work on Sundays. I tell my kids, and they'll, they'll tell you, like, like my daughter, you know, in the back, and I told my son over there in the back, and I told my youngest son in the back. So you tell, because the, they can do that with these type jobs, they, I, you let them know on Sunday is church day. She works every, almost every Sunday. But you know when she works? When does she work? After church. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about founder. It's not about pastor. It's about your relationship with God. If God, God don't bless you. And my, my son Jeremiah got it. I said, boy, pray to God. Ask him for a job. Pray. He wanted a job. I said, ask God for it. I was setting him up. I said, you talk to that. And God gave him a job. I said, now you got to give God, look, now you, every week you got to give God 10%. I said, and you need to tell your employer that you can't work on Sunday morning because you got to be in church. Because God ain't going to give you nothing that's going to keep you out of fellowship and away from his people like that. God's not going to bless you. All I'm saying is the more he blesses you, the more you should get involved in the things of God. Why? Because God has entrusted something to you. And And where you have the power to control it. That's what I'm talking about. Where you have the power to control it, you ought to exercise that authority. Because I believe sometimes it's a test. God brings us to a test to test our own hearts. So y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all hear what I'm saying? You know, I used to work years ago when I was in patrol. I'm, I'm getting ready. I got to get ready to stop. But I was in patrol years ago, and I was thinking to myself, man, and I, was, I used to work that midnight shift. I hate midnight shift. I hate it. Because I believe that, that God ordained people to sleep at night. <laughs> I don't believe in no midnight shift. Like, man, this is a demonic. 
Nothing good come out of the midnight shift. Sucks. But, and there would be times because of my work schedule that if I didn't listen, y'all, I'm just talking. There were, there were times that I had to live. I would sleep. I would get off from work. Get in the, my, my, in, I would find a spot in the back of the station. I didn't want to go home. I said, I'm going to sleep for two hours because I'm going to go to church because I, 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 I couldn't afford to miss three Sundays of church. I can't do it. And if I would just go on, a, I'm just, I would never show up because I always had a legitimate reason. All I'm trying to say is, church, God called you for a purpose and he wants you to serve him. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all hear what I'm saying? He ain't going to bless you that you walk away. He's going to bless you so that you can be more of a blessing and to fulfill his agenda in the earth. And then we got a greater stop. So watch it. So, so anyway, so um, here's what he says. Another thing he says here, don't say in your heart, in verse 17, don't say in your heart that my power and wealth has gotten me thus far. He said, don't say it in your heart. Look at this church. He says, don't say it in your heart. So in your season of blessing, don't think to yourself, man, <laughs> look what I did. <laughs> man, I worked hard for this money. I went to school. I said, this is all mine. Well, who gave you that brain? Who gave you that mind? Who gave you that mental? Who gave you the ability? There are a lot of people who can't do what you do. He said, I don't need, he, the minute that you think to yourself, if it ever comes in your mind, because I'm, I'm human, and, and I'm a pastor, and it comes in my mind sometimes. It does. I'm just telling you, and, and as soon as it come on my eye, I had to drop down and say, Lord, forgive me. Because I don't want to forget who really blessed me. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So then he, said, he said, don't even say it in your heart. He said, don't even allow yourself to even go there. Don't allow yourself to go there to think to yourself, man, my power got me this. No, your power didn't get you nothing. God bless you. And watch this. This is the closing part. You can come on out, brother. He says in verse number 18, look at this. Look, look, at, look at verse number 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. There it is right here. You shall remember. Talking to the children of Israel, talking to all of us too. He says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Theologically, right on point, right? Now watch this. And why did he do that? Here it is. That he may establish his covenant in the earth, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So here's what God is saying. God blesses us to help fulfill the promise that the covenant that he made with Abraham way back when, we says, Abraham, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, way back when God was talking to Abraham, I want you to know something. God had you in mind. He had you all the while. He was thinking about you. You weren't even here yet. He said, Abraham said, he said to Abraham, and you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So, so watch this. God made a covenant with Abraham, and because he made a covenant with Abraham, and you have entered into that covenant, you are part of that. So God has blessed you, has made you wealthy, and, and giving you stuff, watch this, so to help fulfill his covenant in the earth. Primarily. Now watch this. Primarily, God did not bless you just for you to, 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 to care for your family. And you must care for your family. You should care for your family. 
primarily God didn't just bless you so that you can just have nice stuff and go nice things. No, that's, that's all a, a byproduct. Primarily, God bless us and give us wealth. Primarily, everybody say primarily. That's what I'm saying. To establish his covenant in the earth. Primarily. Let me ask you a question. Is God's kingdom primary in your life? You know, we have some challenges here in our church and like every church do, we have some, we have some financial challenges. And I was alerted of that this week. And in part because not everybody is stepping up the way that they should. But let me just say this. We have, we have made it um, we have made it possible for everybody in this church to be available to be blessed because when you give to God's work you're blessed no greater investment you can give so even if you're not here we got I would say how many what percentage of people do we have using text giving if you had to take a wild guess so we got about 86% you said 86% of the people in our church utilize text giving, which is the safest way to give, which means that you don't even have to be here and you can, you can supply to God's covenant. Now, why is that important? Why is it important? Because it's our responsibility to help fulfill God's covenant. Our church, Foundation Church, is a, it's a place that we go, a place where we gather to worship. So it's our responsibility to make sure, listen to me, y'all still listen, say amen. It's our responsibility as a church to make sure that our church don't lack for anything. That we as a church have an abundance for every good work. Seek first the kingdom and what? God says all these other things to be added. So if God's church is not doing well, watch this now. If it's God's, God's primary heart is with his church and his people. We need to make sure that his covenant, because this is all about his covenant that he made with Abraham. God's covenant to win souls. How many know that as long as we're here, we stand as a beacon of light and hope to those who are in this world, in this community? Because we're preaching the gospel. How many believe that we preach the gospel, the word here at Foundation Church? Come on, raise your hand. You believe that. How many you believe that this is the good word? We preach the word. Could you imagine this not, us not here? There's a, there's a part that we're missing. Listen, we all, we're all responsible to fulfill God's covenant. Be blessed. Enjoy the things. Enjoy your season of prosperity. But make sure that God is at the, at the top of it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Make sure that God is first. Make sure you give God his first. Make sure God's house is taken care of. Make sure that his church is in a position where it can reach the masses. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's ultimately all about. It really is. And we're the only ones that can do that. To establish his covenant in the earth. That's one of the primary reasons why God blesses us. So we are we're, we're in your season of prosperity. We want to give. We want to remember it's God that blesses us. And make sure that you do things in such a way that you protect yourself. Do things in such a way that you guard yourself from greed. I'm a greedy person at times. I, I shame I say that. I can be, I can get the big eyes. I can see stuff and be like, hey, I like that. And I have to temper myself to think about it in terms of what do I have to give up in order to get that? Is it that significant or is it that important? God wants to bless us. And God has taken through us through all of these seasons. 
because he wants us to be blessed. But how many know that if you're blessed, one of the reasons why we know you're blessed is because your church is blessed. Because the church is Jesus' church. Take care of his church. Take care of his work. Enjoy all that God has given you. Be thankful. Be blessed. I mean, give God praise. I mean, go out there, man, and enjoy the finer things in life. And let me help you celebrate some of that. Thank you, Rangers. I appreciate that. And we was at their house yesterday. Man, just, man, I ain't got it. Y'all need to, I'm just saying, if y'all need somewhere to go, just you know, go over there and just say, Giselle, can I come over? It's just, they, they like to take care of you over there. They just bless you. Be a blessing to people. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. And in your season of prosperity, let everybody know how good your God is. And take care of the things of God. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.